BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 174 of the Highly Relevant Podcast, a show about how Latino pop culture is reshaping mainstream entertainment. On this week's episode, I talk to Simon Mejia, the founder and the band leader of the Grammy-winning Colombian group Bomba Estéreo. We discuss his latest solo film and music project, El Duende, inspired in the Afro-Indigenous music of Colombia's jungles, as well as what he thinks of Colombia's newly elected president, Gustavo Petro, and how the Bad Bunny collaboration of Ojitos Lindos came to be without them ever meeting. But before I talk to Simon Mejia, it's time I give you my weekly recap of the top Latinx pop culture headlines in a segment I like to call Jacked In. Let's begin with the top movie TV music news of the week. Leslie Grace's Bad Girl and Eva Longoria's Gordita Chronicles canceled at HBO Max. FX's Mayans MC will return for season five. Frida the Musical is headed to Broadway. Shakira could face eight years in prison and a $23 million fine in a Spanish tax evasion case. Diego Luna and Gabriel Garcia Bernal to reunite in a Spanish language Hulu limited series called La Máquina. Pedro Pascal to star in HBO limited series My Dentist's Murder Trial. Rick Gonzalez has joined the cast of NBC's Law & Order Organized Crime for season three. A Max Headroom reboot is in the works at AMC Networks. Alfonso Cuaron teams up for the Amazon film Jane examining family life of sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick. Creator Claudia Forestieri inks an overall deal with Sony Pictures Television. Chich Marin and Oscar Nunez joined the cast of the golf film The Long Game. And Spanish director Jama Coyet Serra will direct Carry On starring Taron Egerton. And in tech and social media news, Twitter is testing a co-tweeting feature. TikTok is developing a music streaming app to compete with Spotify. The NFL has launched their own NFL Plus streaming app. Apple has released the new iOS 15.6 update for iPhone. Facebook will let creators make money on videos with licensed music. Snapchat will now let you snap and chat from your desktop. And Instagram launches survey to study race and improve user experience. I had a chance to interview Simone Mejia before this interview back in 2017 in August when Bomba Stereo was on tour in New York for their album Amanecer. 
And it was one of the most interesting, insightful, and deep conversations I've had with a musician about the state of music, about the state of politics and culture in Latin America and Colombia in particular, and how the music industry in the United States really differs from what Bomba Stereo has been trying to do. He's also a huge activist for climate change. Almost everything he does in his life and in his career is really about the ecosystem. Since that interview, Simon and Bomba Stereo have been nominated for another two Latin Grammys and a Grammy in a few collaborations, including Ojitos Lindos with Bad Bunny, which at the moment of this recording has streamed over 400 million times, and that's just on Spotify. I catch Simon in his house in Colombia as he prepares to come to New York City for a mini press tour of El Duende. Simon, Take me through why you created your solo persona of Monte and what are you musically exploring with your new work in El Duende? Monte is a project that I have a, a few years ago. It's a personal project and it has to do with researching and doing lots of field record, sound field recordings, like nature recordings here in Colombia mm -hmm. and in other places of the Caribbean, and, but especially here in Colombia in jungles and everything recording the sounds of nature and making music, electronic music with that. And it started as a remix album, as a remix, because mm. Lucas, Silva, Lucas Silva is a very close friend of mine. He's a music producer and filmmaker, filmmaker as well. And he has been recording uh, Afro music from Colombia many years ago. He has this very interesting label called Palenque Records. Pues sí, mi papá aquí. And he had this amazing album from La Dinastia Torres, that is a, a musician from the Colombian Pacific Coast that played the marimba music, no? And he released this album that is called Los Duendes de la Marimba. He's a folk music from the Pacific coast of Colombia. And he sent it to me and he, uh, he asked me to do some remixes. So I started mm. remixing the music for that album. And while I was remixing the thing, I, I was thinking, should be cool to tell the story of these guys and the story behind the marimba in Colombia. That is this myth that marimba players go to the jungle and they wait and wait there. And then this magical being that is El Duende, the elf, that is a mix between an elf and a devil, comes to them and teaches them how to play properly the marimba and how, and how to build the marimba in the middle of the jungle. It's this myth. And I wanted to tell that story in the, in the remixes, in the music. Mm. So I started using voices of them, talking about that stuff and everything. And then I asked Lucas, we, we should make this a, a movie because, you know, people speaking, you have to, you want to see those people. And he started sending me images he had from, from a previous film he did in the Pacific that was with the same guys and everything. And we started to do kind of a remix and film mix kind of mm, stuff. Interesting. And editing the music and then putting images, like kind of a video clip stuff. And then another friend of mine that is also a movie director um, that I work a lot with, that is called Simon Hernandez, entered the process and he said, we, we need some narrative here to some, you know, so it became a short film. 
It was kind mm -hmm. of a collage, but it all started with the remixes and then it became a short film and the release is the short film and the EP of the remixes of the songs. But behind all this, the story of this myth, El Duende myth, eh, that is really, really beautiful. And it happens in places like Colombia that is that are unique and you still see stories like these that are jungle stories that seem to like centuries ago, but they happen today. It reminds me a lot of Ciro Guerra's exploration of Colombian culture. You know, he did that movie, El Abrazo de la Serpiente, Pajaros de Verano. And you can tell in a movie like this that you're doing the similarities, you know, and I'm wondering what is it about Colombian filmmakers, musicians, and just creative alike that are very into their culture's content. It seems like you guys are trying to preserve the the culture of Colombia through through art. Yeah, totally. And it's it, it, it's been happening for for many years, but now that Colombia is in the mainstream uh, eyes, you know, because Colombia's music, the mainstream music of Colombia is all over the world. So eyes today uh, around the world are on uh, on Colombia. But this process has been happening for many years and I think it has to do on the one hand, uh, for preserving those kind of manifestations that that you see that maybe eventually they will disappear with a modernization of the country or whatever happens, maybe they disappear and they are so unique. So you want to like put them into film or into books or into uh, music, no, like preserve them. That on the one hand and on the other, that that's Colombia. So when you go out, out of cities here in Colombia, and you travel to the places and you meet those kind of communities and you go to the jungles or to the des La Guajira Desert mm -hmm. or to the Amazon jungle and you, boom, you clash onto those realities. You kind of feel, wow, this is another country that is not the mainstream country. And, and, and this amazing and really unique. It makes us unique from the rest of the world. And that music that comes from those places is the music that has inspired mainstream acts like Bomba Stereo, for example, because the inspiration we got is from cumbia music. mix it with electronica and it became a, a mainstream act that is Bomba Stereo, no? And in the same in the filmmaking and the same in the writing, you, you read to Gabriel, Gabriel Garcia Marquez uh, books that are really mainstream books and he's just describing what he, he saw in his small town in the coast of Colombia. That's the reality of Colombia and it's surreal, no? It's, it's so beautiful that it's surreal, surreal and you want just to to express it through the arts, and I think that that is what makes us uh, Colombia what it is. No, that that kind of situation and that kind of music and that kind of characters, and, and for me, it's just poetry. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful, Simon. Why isn't this a bomba estéreo project album? Why? It's it's. We, we've, I'm trying to like develop this new line of Bomba Stereo that is Bomba Stereo Presents, no? That is mm. Bomba Stereo Presents, these other kind of universes that are linked to the band, to the band, 
but are not essential to the, you know, to the Bombastery music and everything that has an, its own style. And people it, it now it listen to Bombastery and they know what they will get, no? What's the thinking behind that? The parallel projects is like kind of what I'm trying to achieve with Bombastery Presents is what inspired Bombastery, what is the universe behind all the music that Bombastery brings out. And how versatile can we be of doing, you know, a track with Bad Bunny and at the same time do a documentary about guys in the Pacific that yeah, nobody man. knows. I, I know. <laughs> you, you're like a, like a musical galaxy of different universes, right? And I like the that. Bomba. Colombia is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Colombia is that, you know, Colombia is, is a galaxy of musical Colombia is not only J Balvin and Shakira and, <laughs> and Juanes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Juanes and Carlos Vives and Bomba Stereo. Behind that, there's a galaxy of sounds and of characters and musicians and, and musics and landscapes and everything. So biodiverse that is pretty, pretty unique. And the people that come to Colombia connect with that and, and they, and they see the power in that. And I like to be like a, a, a promoter of that galaxy as well. Yeah. But you're really also being at the same time an advocate of climate change. And uh, I wanted to kind of segue into that question of why are the jungles of Colombia a recurring theme in your music and life? What in your life led you to be so enamored with that aspect of Colombia? Well, yeah, I think first of all, having kids. Because when mm. you have kids, when you have kids, something happens in your mind and you stop thinking about yourself and your ego and you start thinking about them. And thinking about them is thinking about others as well. It's like, and thinking about kids, what is the planet we're leaving for our kids? No, because we yeah. are going to die. And me, I'm, I'm older today. <laughs> I'm closer to death, but they will stay in this planet. And what kind of planet are we living to them? And Colombia, many Colombians are not so aware of this, but Colombia is key and essential to climate balance. Why? Because we have jungles and we have paramos, that is the, the moorlands. And paramos and jungles are key and essential to climate balance. So we, Colombia, if, if we eh, interiorizamos esto, like we get this into our conscience and ourselves to see Colombia as a world leader in environmental issues, no? in, in environmental uh, conservation. That's the, that's the richness of Colombia. The richness of Colombia is not in technology because we don't have a Silicon Valley here and we don't have, we are not big technology makers, ne neither industrial revolutionaries, you know, We are cultural leaders because culture in Colombia is really strong, music, uh, filmmaking, literature, etc., and nature, no? Hmm. The, the water that we have in Colombia, nobody else has this in the world, you know? Yeah. And the jungles that we shared, one with Brazil and Peru and the, the Amazon jungle and the Pacific rainforest are unique in the world. And the, the process they do towards the balance of the carbon, and the balance of the rain and the water cycles is essential to the world. So when politicians here in Colombia become aware of that, of that treasure that we have here, 
maybe the country will develop into a una potencia del sí. medio ambiente. We are hoping that Gustavo Petro is the first one in this process, no? We'll see what happens. But I, I think that Colombia should be aware of, of this of this situation and be proud of that situation as well. Absolutely. Uh, you were just talking about Gustavo Petro, uh, the new president of Colombia. He's no longer spending money on exploring more oil in Colombia, uh, which would make it by far the largest fossil fuel producer to ban new production, I think probably in the entire world. And this stops the economic dependence on oil and coal from Colombia and exporting it. It's a ballsy move by a president that makes most of its money in Colombia, which is, I think, 40% poverty in the country. So to do that is very, very ballsy. How have you felt about this new incoming president? As a Colombian, there's been a lot of controversy with the two presidents, uh, los uberistas, los petristas. How do you feel politically about your country at this moment? Is the future bright or not? I think there is hope. And when there is hope in the air, the future is bright. And you kind of sense it. Maybe the big economic powers are really scared. And I don't think he will just ban oil production at the day he, he becomes president. Mitigar el cambio climático implica para Colombia dejar de exportar carbón y petróleo. Esto significa un cambio del modelo de desarrollo de Colombia. It's a process and Colombia is still very dependent on the oils and whatever. It has to be a process, a process towards towards getting to that point when you don't depend on oil. And it's not only Colombia, the whole world has to do it, but it's, it's going to be a process. But I think there's hope and there's hope in the minorities here in mm -hmm. Colombia, which are the people that voted for him, you know, all the periphery, the people that live in, the, in those territories like the Pacific Coast, or the Amazon jungle, or all the periphery of the country voted for him. And those minorities that haven't been heard throughout history, now they feel they have a voice in the government. Right. And that for me is a beautiful thing, you know, for the poor people, for the indigenous and Afro communities, for the campesinos that live in the territories and have been abandoned by the state for centuries, Now they feel they have a voice and they hope, they have hope. And when there's hope in the air, you see a bright future. Future, I don't know what's going to happen. Politics in general suck for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> all over the world, they suck. All in over America, the world, in Russia, suck. in Colombia, all over yeah, the world, politics suck. So for me, the power is the people. The people are the power. And the people are the ones that can bring change forward not politicians, but we'll see what happens. We can uh, talk again in four years. Before I let you go, Simon, um, I wanted to chat about Bad Bunny becoming the biggest global pop star of this year, of this generation, of this decade. And you had a chance to collaborate him on his brand new album, Un Verano Sin Ti, and you guys had collaborated on a song called Ojitos Lindos. Tell me about meeting Bad Bunny. I know you've worked with Will Smith before, which is a whole other conversation, but how did you meet Bad Bunny? Why did it make sense for Bombay Stereo and Bad Bunny to get together? And where did you find the musical connection to make that happen? Well, first of all, we haven't met him yet. Oh, in interesting. Person. Okay. Will Smith, we met him. Actually, we did a video with him and everything. 
in a in a LA set that I felt like like if I was in a Hollywood movie. <laughs> I, turned, I turned around and I had Will Smith by my side. I was, <laughs> you know. But there's a beautiful story behind this Will Smith and Bad Bunny and the, in general the featuring that we've done that are not so much, and it's always been very organic and it always has been them looking for us. Will Smith, wow. Will Smith called the label and told the label, I want to sing on this track with Bombacetio. We didn't look out for him. And the label was like, wow. And they called us and I was like, this is a joke. Is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we did it. It was very organic because we are not of the kind of making featuring just for crecer, uh, you know, like just for marketing reasons that I think featuring today are only because of marketing reasons, you know, to get to more markets and, and be be bigger, make your music bigger and everything. In, in our case, it has been really organic and we, we got huge featurings as, as him and Bad Bunny. And the Bad Bunny story was that uh, when we released Amanecer, we did a, a, a remix album of, of the whole Amanecer. And one of the remixes, Tom I Love, was produced by Tiny. Tiny ah, is the verdad. producer of Bad Bunny, a music over one of the producers. And he did this remix, which was really successful. And then time passed and Tiny wrote through Instagram directly to Liliana, which mm. is Bombastero singer. Hey, Bad Bunny is making this album and he wants to do something similar to what we did in Tom I Love. Are you into or, or whatever? And she was, yeah, for sure. So she went and recorded the, the lyrics. It was all by distance. She recorded the lyrics and then he did his lyrics and everything. And that was how it happened. You know, it was really organic no label behind no marketing no PR no managers just artist to artist obviously it's better to meet in person not only to make music to whatever you know to do an interview or whatever It's always more lovely to meet in person and be in the same room and, and you know, chat with a person or with a screen. Right. But technology is, is good. And for music, it, it actually unites technology. It separates, kind of strange because it separates us, but at the same time, it unites us. You know? it's, so it's crazy. It's crazy. And I think... Uh, while, while we have still the life experiences and the festivals and you go and see live music and interact with the real people and everything you kind of can keep the balance of doing things by distance and by screen and on the digital platforms and social media that are always you on the screen but balance that with the real life going right. and meeting people seeing live bands having dinner with 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 your friends without the fucking telephone or all the dinner, <laughs> you know? just interact and, and do both. No, right. it's not just negar una y hacer la otra. No, you can do both, 
but in a balance. Simon Mejia, thank you so much for being on the Highly Relevant Podcast. Your new solo project is called El Duende, and it's out now. And just before I wrap up here, here are three Latin tracks you might want to add to your playlist this weekend. La Isla de Lesbos, Javier Amén. Todo empezó como un hobby. Una pequeña charla en el lobby Nos fuimos queriendo y entendiendo mal La situación ya nos pedía algo mal Tú me dijiste pa' dónde vas El lobby Micro TDH Pablo Alborán Y cuenta que esas miradas no eran en vano Y aún no me olvido La vibra, Gati Video. And that's it for episode 174 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I'd like to thank Simone Mejia for joining me on the show. And if you like this episode, please share with your friends and have them subscribe and leave a review. Your help is valuable in helping us reach many more listeners. If you would like to get in touch with me, reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.